welcome back to part two of Emotional Healing Using Aromatherapy and welcome to Belinda Ray Holistic Living. Um, for those of you who have listened to part one of this, feel free to jump back into part one, listen to that first before you get into this part two. And before we get into it, a big shout out to all of our listeners from around the world, um, not just Australia, but of course the USA, Spain, Canada, United Kingdom. Also, so our listeners, we've got some good followers in Norway, Mexico, um, Czech Republic, um, Portugal, so welcome and thank you for tuning in. So without further ado, I'd like to um, get into part two and introduce Belinda again and hope you enjoy. Thank you, Darren. Um, yes, so today is part two of my emotional healing little uh, series that I'm, I'm doing and how essential oils can affect the brain and basically work and work with you to, to help you with your any kind of emotional healing or any kind of mental uh, illnesses or conditions that you may have. So what I'm trying to do in this series is to basically explain that essential oils really go way beyond just making your house smell nice, that you know there is an alchemy to the chemical compounds that they all contain, so that when you combine the right oils together, you've got a really, really, really powerful uh, concoction, I guess, um, that can be used to support the body's um, ability to heal itself. So what I'm discussing um, in my last episode and in this episode is how specific oils can really target and support the brain. And today, um, last week, I discussed the limbic system, the reptilian brain or the primal primitive brain. But today, I'm going to be talking more about the para parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. So I'm going to quickly go through what that means. If I think a lot of people probably have a bit of an awareness about it, but if uh, you do, I apologise. This can be a little refresher course for you. For those of you who don't, um, pay attention because it's a really, really important thing that you should know about how your body works. So let's start with the sympathetic mode. Um, that's your fight or flight. I think everybody has heard that term before. So your sympathetic um, nervous system is necessary for survival. Okay, that's basically what it's there for. It's, if you go back to you know the primitive man, um, it's like everyone says when it's fight or flight. Um, if it was critical, it, it was needed to run away from the saber-toothed tiger or whatever kind of danger was um, being present at that time. So it's our reactions and our reflexes. Um, that kick in to keep us alive and out of danger basically. So when the sympathetic um, mode is activated, um, our cortisol and our adrenaline hormones, that basically flood our body, our brain releases all these, um, and our brain and our adrenal glands release all these hormones. Um, so that those hormones flood our bodies, um, and then the blood in our body is actually routed away from anything that's non-vital at the time. So for example, the digestion, digestive system completely stops, um, all that blood is actually sent to the extremities, to our limbs, so that we've got enough chance to run away, basically, from whatever danger, or to our arms as well, in case we have to, you know, punch our way out of a, uh, out of some kind of um, uh, fight or, or, or challenge. Um, so, all, unfortunately, all those other non-critical functions, <laughs> such as our um, immune system um, and inflammation, that all basically gets turned way, way down. Um, and it's interesting when I, I mention inflammation there because you kind of think, well, what do you mean it turns down inflammation? And what the body very, very cleverly does is, so let's use the primitive man running away from a saber-toothed tiger. Just say he falls and he twists his ankle a little bit. Now, typically what would happen is the ankle would swell and it's going to impede his ability to, to run, to run fast away from this you know, saber-toothed tiger that's trying to eat him. But what the body does is it actually turns down the body's ability to inflame. Um, and it actually you know, slows everything down so that all that blood and all those hormones override everything else 
and you can keep on, you can get up and you can keep on running. And that's when people say, oh, you know, when you're running on adrenaline, you can you know lift cars and you can do X, Y, Z that you normally wouldn't do. And that's purely because the body is very, very clever. It is intrinsic. It is just so wise, um, and it shuts everything else down basically so that it can do whatever it has to do to survive and to get itself out of danger. So I just need you to keep that in mind because when our immune system um, is turned down and things like inflammation are turned down. When you do that long term, that can cause problems, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so that's basically what the sympathetic mode does, basically, and it's really only there for, for survival, as I mentioned. It's not supposed to be um, something that we're in all the time. It's really sort of something that happens for a short period of time. So it may be, you know, for example, I said running away from a threat um, or hunting for an animal for food. We know when you need those extra, you know, bits of power in your arms and legs to, to do that kind of thing. Um, but what should happen is we should be in that sympathetic mode for a short spurt of time to get ourselves out of danger or to achieve, basically achieve a short-term survival um, goal, like I said, like killing an animal for food. But then we should actually be allowed to actually collapse in a sense, not quite as dramatic as collapse, but you know what I mean, and get ourselves back into that parasympathetic mode. And that's when we can actually heal ourselves. And that's when the immune system is turned back up and the digestion kicks back in and the blood flow goes to all of our vital organs like our heart and our liver, etc., etc. So let's just quickly touch on the parasympathetic mode. Um, it's what we call the rest and digest mode. Um, and it is extraordinarily important that we are in the rest and digest mode. Um, when we sleep, we are of course in parasymp parasympathetic mode. Uh, when we meditate, we are in parasympathetic mode. When we do big, deep belly breathing, we are in parasympathetic mode. It really um, nurtures our immune system. It, it nurtures our ability to heal its, uh, heal our bodies. Um, it's extraordinarily um, important for our emotional well-being, for our mental health, for our brain health, for our vital organ health. If we are constantly in sympathetic mode, as I said, the blood in our bodies is taken away from all those uh, vital organs, basically, and those vital uh, functions, and taken into, um, you know, the extremities and the. the adrenal glands are pumping out cortisol, you know, constantly and adrenaline constantly, etc, etc. So what we're going to be touching on today is, you know, how we get ourselves into that parasympathetic mode more because unfortunately in this modern world that we live in now, our stresses are pretty much constant and the sad thing is that our bodies really don't know the difference between proper life-threatening situations like the saber-toothed tiger. Um, or, for example, something like watching a scary movie where your heart rate is elevated because you don't know when that, you know, serial killer is going to be jumping out out of the dark cupboard or whatever. Our bodies don't have, we're, we're very primitive in that way. We don't know what is different. We can't tell our bodies, oh, it's just a scary movie. It's all, you know, it's make-believe. Unfortunately, that's not how our brains work. That's not how our... Our nervous system works unfortunately so if you can imagine on a day-to-day -day basis how many times we are stressed out whether it be stuck in traffic and it's, we're late for work or our boss is yelling at us because we missed a deadline or they're running late to pick up the kids or we've had a fight with our partner or uh, gosh you name it you know watching scary movies or even watching the, the six o'clock news you know that's just a something ridiculous like a 10 to 1 ratio of you know good news bad news to good news you know we're just bombarded with all this um, awful news about wars and famine and etc etc which is one of the main reasons why I haven't watched the news for well over a decade probably two decades because I, I know that my nervous system does not cope with that kind of news very well and I've I keep it out of my life because it has a really negative impact on my body. 
So as you can kind of see, this modern day world, unfortunately, really, really affects our nervous system. And it really does keep us in that sympathetic mode pretty much <laughs> for most of the day, if not all of the day. So what I'm going to be doing here today is to really, you know, help you switch, find that switch between getting out of sympathetic and getting into the parasympathetic mode for you. So where do we start? So there is, um, thankfully, uh, there is an actual switch <laughs> that turns and could basically turns the, or controls the on-off switch um, between the sympathetic and parasympathetic mode, and that's called the vagus nerve. Um, it's actually the cranial nerve number 10, if you want to get really, really scientific. Um, and it's basically, the vagus nerve starts at the base of the neck, or base of the skull, I should say, not the base of the neck, the base of the skull. And it winds its way down on both sides of the earlobe, so it sort of runs down, if you can sort of, you know, feel your mastoid bone, that little ear bone at behind there. It's running down there, it comes down behind both earlobes, and then it basically goes down and it, it goes through every single organ of digestion. And it also goes through your heart and your lungs as well. Um, so it's a pretty darn important nerve. <laughs> so um, but the, the good news is it's actually really accessible. We can actually, um, we can actually affect it. Um, and the most accessible way to, to affect it is via the skin or through the skin. And that's along that mastoid bone or the, the, the ear bone behind your earlobes there. So that's why today, last week, we touched on um, using essential oils aromatically, and today we're going to be touching on using essential oils topically to um, support your emotional healing. And that's going to be centered around applying essential oils to that part of your body that I just mentioned, that along the mastoid bone or the, the ear bone um, behind the earlobes, um, and, um, and basically affecting your vagus nerve is what we're going to be discussing today. So applying essential oils topically, it really is a great, great, fantastic way to get the chemical compounds directly into your bloodstream. Um, because essential oils are very volatile, that means that they evaporate very quickly and they're, they're tiny little molecules, they're fat soluble. They get into that bloodstream through our um, skin, uh, our dermis very, very easily um, and straight into our bloodstream. So that's what we want, especially when it comes to the vagus nerve. Um, now with the vagus nerve, um, it it actually can get blocked um, and it can get blocked by infections or by external toxins and I think we all know by now how much we are exposed to external toxins these days um, and especially when it comes to heavy metals uh, the vagus nerve is very susceptible to, to heavy metals so if you've got those old amalgam um, fillings you know those old metal fillings in your mouth um, you know if you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s and can you imagine they very slowly do erode because of all the chewing that you do um, and very slowly all of that mercury is leached back into your into your mouth and then back up into your brain. The brain is very susceptible to heavy metals. It's um, now proven that heavy metal toxicity is linked to Alzheimer's and dementia. So heavy metals um, for some reason or other um, they, they affect the brain the most out of, out of all the things. So um, just keep that in mind. So let's just use that actually let's just touch on that. Let's just say that for example um, Let's just stick with the mouth and let's just say that you have a root canal. Um, so, actually, let me just go a step back. Actually, what I'm going to basically what I'm, the, what I'm trying to say is when the vagus nerve um, is blocked by an infection or by an external toxin like heavy metals, it gets blocked, gets backed up. Um, it's actually what's called a, a toxic vagus nerve. Um, and once that's blocked, um, like I guess like a traffic jam, it, it's actually all those really, really important signals that it does because it basically it 
the vagus nerve is responsible for signaling all the downstream organs, basically, like I said, it touches through all the digestive organs and it touches your heart and your lungs. So if that's blocked, then the signals to those important organs are going to start um, getting affected, basically, and it's not going to um, be working at its, at its, at its optimal, at optimal state. So, um, yeah, going back to, say, a root canal, for example, um, your mouth is infected, you know, you've got a, you need to have a root canal the infection is basically in your mouth and it's in its gums. It's trying to drain away all the poison and the pus and the grossness. Um, but if, you know, if you leave it for too long, that actually can really get backed up and that's actually going to start to affect your vagus nerve. It's going to start to um, block. If you can hear some scratching, sorry, I'm really a bit distracted because my, my little girl Marley has decided to make herself comfortable right underneath my feet. That's why I'm sort of umming and ahhing a little bit. She's distracting me. <laughs> so if you can hear some strange noise, such as her. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, so getting back to this, you know, to like an infected tooth. So if that goes on for too long, it can basically, in the, in the lymphatic system, it's not draining all that poison and infection out. It actually can get actually block up the vagus nerve. Once the vagus nerve starts to get blocked, um, one of the things that it's responsible for is to tell the heart rate to slow down. And that's, you know, via neurotransmitters. I sort of touched on all of this um, last week on the limbic system as well. So if that vagus nerve is blocked, and it's not signalling the, the heart properly to slow the heart rate to slow down, um, it can actually cause a heart attack. And now you might think that's a real big leap, but there is scientific medical research that links um, a lot of dental decay, um, gum disease, etc., with heart disease. And that's why. It's because it affects the infections get into the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve affects um, the heart via signalling and the heart starts to get affected. So um, that just sort of gives us a little example of exactly how important your vagus nerve is and how to keep it healthy, that we do need to keep these infections and external toxins at an absolute minimum. So what can we do, basically, to keep this little vagus nerve in good health? It's, you know, one of the things, of course, is to apply essential oils, and you apply them topically, as I said, because the skin behind that ear bone there is very thin, you know, and it can get, uh, it's a beautiful way to get straight into that vagus nerve. And for example, you might want to apply, if you think that you do have a bit of a toxicity overload, if you may have a, a toxic vagus nerve, um, you can do some you know, combinations of some really cleansing and purifying oils, um, clove, for example, and, and lime. Um, you know, clove is um, it's really, really high in uh, eugenol, which is a really, I was talking about chemical compounds last week, eugenol is um, a beautiful healing property, it's really highly stimulating as well. Um, lime is a one of the essential oils. It's got one of the tiniest or smallest molecules. So if you put, if you get the clove and, and piggyback it onto the lime, they're both cleansing oils as well. Um, that's going to go straight bang into the um, right on top of the vagus nerve. It's going to go in there, travel through there, and start cleaning out um, some of that infection and start getting those neurotransmitters firing up and working properly again. So that's where I guess the the alchemy of combining certain oils can be incredibly powerful um, and it's not something that you can really I guess do I'm certainly not at that level yet where I can just reach into my box and know oh yes I'm combining clove and lime I know that's going to be really good for cleansing my vagus nerve that kind of knowledge <laughs> it takes so many many years to get to get to that stage um, and you know still you know approach these things with, with caution there's some oils that will go through that are great just a single oil that you can you just pop on your vagus nerve that'll that'll help a long way but if you do have you know heavy metal toxicity then I'm by no means suggesting that you try and figure out by yourself 
what oils to combine to, to help your body heal itself from that. You'd be best off using a qualified aromatherapist and they can actually, they'll know the chemical compounds that you need specifically and they'll know which oils have those chemical compounds and they'll be able to combine the specific oils that are needed for your specific case. So just keep that in mind. It's always safety first, guys. If in doubt, seek out a wonderful qualified aromatherapist. And there's some online as well. If you're in a remote area, if you're in a small country town, you think, well, hey, I don't have the <laughs> a local aromatherapist, that's fine. Go online. There's lots and lots of them online, especially in America, of course, um, where they, they consult um, via Skype or via email or whatever the case may be. So when you are dealing with a set of specific illness, um, especially when it comes to illnesses of the brain like heavy metal toxicity, dementia, Alzheimer's, Lyme disease, you're best off using a, a professional in that area because they'll know the exact types of um, chemical compounds that are needed and the dosages that are needed as well, which is also really important. So the reason why I bring up the vagus nerve as well, coming back to, I guess, emotional healing is that um, applying that that uh, essential applying essential oils to that vagus nerve can really help um, switch over into parasympathetic mode now if you're going to go into parasympathetic mode as I said it's the rest and digest mode it really helps your nervous system your nervous system is feeling good you're going to be feeling good you're going to be feeling calm you're going to be feeling grounded now for young children for example who deal with um, who are more susceptible to fear who are more susceptible to anger or tantrums using essential oils along that vagus nerve, along that mastoid bone and behind the earlobes can really, really be powerful, very quick way to actually balance them and to bring them back to sort of um, an even keel, basically. So that's one of the great areas to apply your essential oils. Blended, of course, with a carrier oil. Don't apply them neat to children. Um, or you can just buy a pre-purchased blend from companies like doTERRA or other companies that, that have um, essential oil blends for emotional healing. But I would suggest that that's the more powerful way to apply the essential oils into the bottoms of the feet because I know that is a very common thing if you go through essential oil blogs, if you go to essential oil workshops, um, the bottoms of the feet is often you know, touted as the be-all and the end-all but um, there is more evidence to suggest that the vagus nerve and behind that, that ear bone, or on that ear bone, is a lot more of an effective way, especially um, if you're talking about emotional balance and, and triggering that um, the body to get into that parasympathetic mode much more quickly than the bottom of the feet. Um, so what I wanted to also touch on is um, you can also, the vagus nerve um, can also help if you apply some oils along that vagus nerve, uh, the, the mastoid bone, as I was saying, it can help stimulate the pineal gland um, and the uh, pineal or pineal gland, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, um, that releases melatonin. And why is that important? Well, melatonin is your sleep hormone um, and you really need that melatonin to kick in if you want to get a good night's sleep. Why is that important? Well, when you sleep, you are in parasympathetic mode and you're going to be resting. You're going to be, your body's going to be able to heal itself. It's going to um, be able to use the, the, its immunity system to its absolute um, greatest um, at its, at its highest level um, when you're asleep. So for those of you who um, suffer from insomnia, it is really affecting your health. I hate to give you the bad news. Um, and insomnia basically is directly correlated with stress. There's just no way to, no two ways about it basically. Um, because you've got, your, you've got your stress hormone cortisol and you've got melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. And those two hormones basically have an inverse relationship. Um, but unfortunately, cortisol always trumps melatonin. 
Um, and that just again comes back to survival, that body again being so wise, just, we're all about survival basically, we're very primitive in that way, we don't realise it sometimes. But cortisol will always trump melatonin because we need that cortisol to keep us awake if we're in, in danger basically. We, we can't fall asleep if we know that there's a saber-toothed tiger circling under the tree where we're <laughs> trying to rest or whatever the case may be. So cortisol will always kick in and wake us up in the event of a danger, dangerous situation. And so melatonin is gonna be kicked out and pushed out and suppressed to keep us alive and to keep us safe, basically. So you can sort of see that if you're the kind of person that goes to bed and you're lying there and you're stressing about the next day or stressing about an event that happened at, you know, at work that day or you're worrying about X, Y, Z, you know, fill in the blanks, then you're keeping that cortisol pumping out out of your body, basically. And that's, it's released by your adrenal glands and by your, by your brain. So that's why you're going to be having insomnia. That's why you can't can't sleep because you're, you're, you're the worry um, and the stress basically is triggering that cortisol release. Um, so what we need to do is we need to basically try and keep that that cortisol um, slow down the production of that and get that melatonin to kick in, um, so that you can basically get a good night's sleep. And thankfully, if you can apply some certain essential oils along that vagus nerve, like lavender, of course, Roman chamomile, all those beautiful ones, vetiver then um, it's going to stimulate the pineal gland and the pineal gland will then release some melatonin and it's going to basically force that cortisol level to, to go down and should basically get you to go to sleep much, much better. Um, and melatonin is also really, really important because it's a really, really great and incredible detoxifying agent, especially a detoxifying agent of the brain. Um, and I think this is why things like dementia and Alzheimer's are on the rise because sleep has just been foregone now for so many decades. People just, you know, survive on five or six hours of really bad quality sleep um, for whatever reason. They might be staying up later to watch TV or, um, again, lying awake, stressing about their life, you know, keeping those cortisol levels running high. And I believe that it can be linked to why people are now suffering from early set um, on early onset dementia and things like that because what happens is when melatonin is released um, it detoxifies, it helps detoxify your brain um, and, and the brain is a really really hard organ to heal um, unfortunately um, if you ask you know people who you know practitioners you know uh, integrative medicine and whatnot they all agree they will all say that the brain is a really hard organ to heal um, and so typically food and food supplements don't work to heal the brain, unlike you know your gut or your liver, you know you can have liver tonics or you can have you know flush your kidneys out with cranberry juice or whatever. Food doesn't really work, unfortunately, on the brain, and it's because the brain is made up of fat. So what it needs is it needs um, a fat soluble or a fatty acid to actually um, affect it. Um, and, and most foods aren't, aren't made up of those kinds of things. So that's why they say omega threes, um, for example, are, are really really um, great for brain because they're they're a fatty acid. Um, and, and so you really need uh, like also, also um, those liposol substances as well um, like you know people take melatonin supplements that's a liposol substance um, because they basically those kinds of fatty acids and those liposomal substances their molecules are really really small and they're fat soluble so you need those two factors for anything to be able to affect the brain good or bad unfortunately um, and that's why essential oils work so beautifully on the brain because they are volatile um, and they've got very, very small, tiny molecules and they're oils. In other words, they're oils, they're fat, they're fat soluble. Um, so this is where essential oils can be extraordinarily powerful 
um, in helping your body heal itself um, in any kind of um, mental conditions or or diseases. Um, so interestingly enough, when I was when I was doing my research for for this particular podcast, I learned a really really cool little thing that I'd never really heard of and, and knew about before about the brain. So when we go to sleep, our brain shrinks, which I, I didn't even know. And for some people, that could be quite scary if you think your brain's already small. <laughs> you know, I can't afford it to get any smaller. But yeah, it, basically it shrinks. Um, and that allows um, our lymphatic system and what's called our lymphatic system to basically push this fluid through our brain. And that fluid basically just does a big flush of our brain each night. Um, and it flushes out all the toxins, basically. And all those toxins and all that fluid then drains down the sides of our necks. Um, but if your lymphatic system isn't working really, really well, um, then you can imagine then that, that fluid flush doesn't actually happen properly. Or the toxins basically start to build up around your lymph nodes or, you know, it lands somewhere, basically. It's not draining out or, unfortunately, it'll just stay in your brain. So it's really, really important that our um, that one we get a good night's sleep so that our brain can actually go through that little process of a of a um, uh, you know, fluid flush um, every every night, and that our lymphatic um, draining system is working really well. Um, and I did have a quick bit of a Google uh, as to you know what essential oils are really good for your lymphatic system, and surprise, surprise, <laughs> frankincense was the number one there. So if you do find that you um, do have, if you've ever uh, had problems with your lymphatic drainage system before, if, if you have lymphatic drainage massages perhaps, um, or if you have problems with your lymph nodes or whatever the case may be, then just applying some um, frankincense diluted just along the sides of your neck can be really, really helpful. And just at the, and I'm sorry, I say apply that um, before you go to bed because that's just going to aid that, um, that fluid flush um, from your that your brain needs to do every night. So um, that's just a little side note there that I just found quite interesting. So the health of our brain um, really, really depends on the quality of our, of our sleep and the um, optimal function of our lymphatic drainage system. So let's have a, a quick um, side note again, a little bit more about how the brain works. So one other thing that I, interesting thing that I found out doing this research is that when we are in a state of anxiety or a state of high stress, interestingly, our right frontal part of our brain is stimulated. So a really quick, quick, very fast, effective way to get your body back into balance and out of that state of anxiety is to actually stimulate the left frontal part of your, of your brain. But, you know, how do you do that? You don't start massaging the left part of your head. All you need to do is to grab a really calming essential oil like lavender, like rum chamomile, like vetiver, and close off the right side of your nostril and inhale the essential oil through your left nostril. And that's going to go straight up into the left frontal part of your brain and it's going to help calm you down. So again, the power of essential oils and how it can you know, affect your limbic system, this is sort of tying in, I guess, more with what I was talking about last week with the you know, effects of using essential oils aromatically and how powerful and how quickly they can actually affect your emotional well-being. So just a little tip for you there, guys, that if you do find yourself in an absolute state and you just feel as though you're going to about to lose it or you're just so overwhelmed you don't even know what's up or down, Grab, a, grab your lavender, because most people have that in their kit. Close off the right side of your nostril, just by sort of putting your finger over it. Grab your lavender bottle, pop it straight under your left nostril and just have some really big, deep belly breaths. 
three big deep belly breaths and really you should find that, that you will feel an effect almost instantly that's how quickly it'll work so um, again using those uh, calming grounding essential oils in other practices such as your deep breathing your meditation your yoga they can be extremely supportive to your body's healing process and really encourage your body to bring itself back into balance or homeostasis basic is what we're all aiming for um, so that's a little bit about topical um, where to apply it topically um, as far as the vagus nerve goes and the importance of the vagus nerve so just remember the back of the ear along that ear bone or the mastoid bone as it's called and along the ear lobes go back to um, my previous episode because I do give some anti-anxiety blends there and you can you know, make it up in a roller bottle with some carrier oil. Um, there's also some great blends that I, I mentioned in episode three for children, um, as far as anger and things like that. So you can make up specific blends and just roll them along the back of those ears there and help you, um, you know, achieve some emotional balance very, very quickly. So remember the vagus nerve, remember its importance and the role that it plays in our bodies. Um, if you have any questions and you want me to delve a little bit deeper because I haven't sort of gone into the other applications of topical treatment things like what carrier oils to use and things like that I've kind of left that all for another podcast for another day um, but if you do want me to discuss um, anything about the vagus nerve in more detail please reach out to me um, I didn't want to get too sciencey or too full on this because it is quite complicated um, and quite sciencey and geeky so I've just tried to keep it as simple as possible so that people don't tune out of boredom and their eyes start to glaze over as they're listening to me um, so I do hope that's helped and as I said remember the vagus nerve application uh, along the mastoid bone, mastoid bone the bottoms of the feet are still very very effective and so are the inner wrists as well because the, the skin's quite um, thin there but if you really want that really um, effective highly effective place then I, would, I could not recommend the, the vagus nerve more so that's really it for today guys just a little touch on where to apply essential oils topically and how they can affect your emotional health and help you with your emotional healing please if you haven't already listened go back to my um, series my part one of my series in this about emotional healing and I do list um, some beautiful essential oils that um, are vital to have in your kit for um, things like depression, anxiety, etc. Um, and that'll go into a lot more detail than I have on this episode. Um, and until next time, uh, stay well, be well, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Bye.